Hi guys, on this show, we're going to flee, Polito, Thelewis, Elliot, Tuturo, Reed, Hoffman, Hiddleston, Bushime, Moore, it just keeps going on and on, Goodman and Bridges. We're looking at 1998's The Big Lebowski. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of 100 Things We Learned From Film. I'm one of your hosts, my name's Planty. And I hate the fucking eagles, man. <laughs> and I'm John, and I'm a conscientious nihilist. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Yeah, <laughs> we'll let you have it. We'll let you have it. Thank you. You, 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 you believe in peace and nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, this is the podcast. Uh, we try and learn 100 things from every film. 100 things that we learned from film. And this week, we are talking about a good film, about a great film, about a yeah. film John never wanted us to do because he thought we would upset the family. <laughs> of said film but we reneged because a fan of the film wanted to come on and talk about it we are absolutely delighted to finally have on the big show not the steve wright one but the big show uh josh from um, super familiar with the wilsons josh wilson how are you i am doing quite well and shut the fuck up plenty <laughs> Uh, very good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like a child that walks into the middle of a film. <laughs> you have no term of reference here. No term of reference. <laughs> right. Okay. So, Josh, uh, tell us, uh, what, what's your relationship with this film? It was way back in the late 90s, and me and my friend Chris had wandered into a blockbuster. You remember blockbusters? I remember blockbusters. I want, yeah. I want one. <laughs> And we were looking for something to watch, and we got two movies, neither of which we had heard of. Uh, one of them was an educational chill. Uh, I'm sorry. One of them was an educational uh, film for teenagers called "What Is Happening to My Body." It was a. <laughs> okay. It was it was a cartoon, and we just had to 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 see it. It's hysterical, so you should you should look that up. Was it like and the then, fluffy bunny one from The Simpsons? Uh, you noticed some changes. Hair yeah. where there was more hair. <laughs> Absolutely, except they they <laughs> they go all into it, okay. literally. And then the second thing that we picked up, knowing nothing about it, was the Big Lebowski. There is no better way to see a film than to go into it with no expectation. Yeah. I don't think we I don't think we can do that anymore because of yes. all of the but can you imagine going into this film and not knowing anything about it and then having this unfold? I wish I could experience that again with this film. It was nah, it was totally, amazing. Totally agree. Totally agree. For, yeah, cin cinema's been ruined by the bigger picture, hasn't it? By the by the internet and, and things. I mean, I don't watch trailers for films I want to see, but the problem is I then watch trailers for films I've never heard of, right. and then I have an expectation. Yep, yep. So, um, yeah, that's that's how I was exposed to it, and of course, it's an incredible film, and it's been a favorite ever since. Although, I will say that I watched it back again for this, probably for the first time in four or five years. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, it's a big, it's a big gap. And, yep. and do she you said. still <laughs> do you still have a good time with it? Oh, it was great. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Some of the things were a little, uh, little cringy. You know, some of the, and we'll get into to some of the little bit more racist things that you know that I'd kind of blipped over. But yeah, yeah but it was okay during the Gulf War. It was acceptable. Absolutely. Are you kidding? Hey? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, exactly. no, of course not. 
<laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, John, what year and what else could we have been talking about? Well, the year was way back in 1998. Uh, and if the good people of Listenland want to listen or want to know what was out there, they can listen to your uh, Wedding Singer episode. Okay. I think that was at the point where you'd started saying, and if you want to listen to something else that's of that year, you could do that. Yeah. So have you got nothing? Have you got nothing for us? Yeah, because we went over them. I'm looking at them. They're all exactly the same. Truman Show, that Fallen we talked about with um, Denzel Washington. Where the oh, yeah, that I've never seen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Meet Joe Black, which was a good... Claire I told you, that, she'd my, get it, yeah. My favourite bit was when he got ran over. Um, the only one, I, <laughs> the only one I never, we never got was uh, How Stella Got Her Groove Back. And I don't really remember much about it, but I remember watching it. You're not, you're not the target audience, though, John. I, 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 I know Stella got a groove back. I tried to be cool. Uh, in Practical just, Magic, because you your drink favorite. a lot of Stella doesn't mean you're interested <laughs> in that particular film. Uh, Practical Magic, I think I've said this before, I watched as a, a double header on a plane on the way to Australia. Practical Magic followed by Of What Dreams May Come. Oh, I mean, God. I never, <laughs> never have I wanted a plane to go down in the middle of the fucking ocean so badly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, or Lost in Space as well. I forgot about that. Oh, don't CGI no, mess. We're not, we're not talking Lost in Space again. We're not. We're not going to do. I've done that to death on this podcast. I'm not going to tell my Lost in Space Godzilla doubleheader story. Oh, right. And, and one, one more. One more. Mighty Joe Young. Is uh, you were always mentioning Mighty Joe Young for what? For what end? Last time it was because I was crying. You were crying. Oh, because I actually cried in the last episode. I forgot about that. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Gentlemen, are we ready to go through a spoilerific rundown of the film? Yeah, do it. Oh, hey, then, let's do it. So we open up um, with the stranger he's talking. So the stranger, uh, Sam Elliott. Josh, you know Sam Elliott because I think I've probably sent you about five or six voice messages as me pretending to be Sam Elliott <laughs> in the past. None oh, is that how? Is this how I would like know Sam Elliott? Yeah, that's the <laughs> only reason you would know you, that, and the fact that his brother uh, hung himself after pissing himself on stage at the uh, the thing was that. No, that wasn't reality. That was the film with Lady Gaga in it, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> fuck, Lady that's, Gaga. That's a tough watch, by the it's way. Doer, isn't it? It's proper doer. Uh, Have you seen that, Josh? The Lady Gaga film where um, a a star is born. born. Star is born. No, 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 no. Oh, it's very good. Is it very good? Yeah, Uh, she's very good. But the song that won the Oscar isn't even the best song in the film. The song that won the Oscar is the sha la 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 one. But there's the one where she's fucking scream crying is the much better one. Is this the one where Bradley Cooper sings as well? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's good. I'm, no, he's pretty is good. He? Yeah, uh, that I annoys mean, that annoys me. No, I, I can't stand I people who are talented and better looking than me. Fuck that yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, but, which is exactly what me and John are thinking. Looking at you, <laughs> exactly. Like that. Oh, <laughs> you guys are, you guys are you guys are screwed. Then if you're looking at me and thinking that, Jesus. Anyway, Sam Elliott's character, the stranger, says, "Where well, West there was this fella, fella I want to tell you about." <laughs> fellow by the name of Jeff Lebowski. At least that was the handle his loving parents gave him. But he never had much use for it himself. I'm going to stop doing it because it doesn't work. Mr. Lebowski, he called himself the dude. Now, dude, that's a name no one would self-apply where I come from. But then there's a lot about the dude that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And a lot of about where he lived likewise. But then again, maybe that's why I found the place so darn interesting. They call Los Angeles the City of Angels. 
I didn't find it to be that exactly. But I'll allow that there's some nice folks out there. Of course, I can't say I've seen London, but I ain't ever been to France. And I ain't ever seen no queen in a damn undies, so the fella says. But I'll tell you what, after seeing Los Angeles and this here story, I'm about to unfold. Well, I guess I've seen something every bit as stupefying as you'd seen in any of them other places. And in English, too. It's a bit racist. So I can die with a smile on my face. I never picked that up, by the way, watching it. Without feeling like the good Lord gypped me. Now, here's the story racist, I'm about to That's talk. racist as well. Gyp. Yeah, Can't it's say a little that. bit. Yeah. Um, took place back in the early 90s, just about the time of our conflict with Saddam and the Iraqis. <laughs> I only mention it because sometimes there's a man. I won't say a hero because... What's a hero? But sometimes there's a man. And I'm talking about the dude here. Sometimes there's a man. Well, he's a man for his time and place. He fits right in there. And that's the dude in Los Angeles. And even if he's a lazy man, and the dude was most certainly that, quite possibly the laziest in Los Angeles County, which would place him high in the running for laziest worldwide. But sometimes there's a man. Sometimes there's a man. Oh, I lost my train of thought here, but oh, hell. I've done introduced him enough. And it's great. It's so great. I can't do it justice. Um, I think probably I give the dude a run for laziest man worldwide. I gotta be honest. No, I've seen you to the gym. (laughs) You then go to the gym. (laughs) True. Um, I see London. I see France is a child's rhyme. Origins unknown from what I can see. Uh, The bit about the Queen's underpants, I had no idea. Might have been made up for this. But you usually say it when you can see somebody's pants, which is not very often for me, sadly. <laughs> I'm happy to, to show you whatever you need, buddy boy. <laughs> you want to see pant? I'll show you pant. <laughs> um, LA County is the most populated county in the whole of the United States. And in the last census, 2022, there was 9.8 million folk there. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, City of Angels, Los Angeles, pretty much means the angels in Spanish. All right, okay. The angels, the. Right, the <laughs> angels, yeah. Uh, we well, there's a do... couple things here that, that uh, I, first of all, he says stupefying, which always annoys me whenever he says that. Because, um, <laughs> come on, Sam Elliott, you're an actor, learn to talk. Then the second thing, dude, dude being a, a pejorative, do either of you have that? Uh, yeah, derived from the 18th century word uh, doodle, as in Yankee Doodle Dandy. So like a, a fancy boy, a well-dressed city boy who's unfamiliar with rural life. So so you, Josh. <laughs> Come on, I'll take you on, pal. Let's big, go big right city, now. Big city Gainesville. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm okay. We won't start there. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else before we move on, lads? Um, I just want to make note of the tumbleweed mm-hmm. as a, uh, a a kind of euphemism for the dude here. Okay. Right. So if we're looking at themes for the movie, one of the interesting things as, as you watch it, and you'll notice that the dude um, just kind of brushes through all of these different scenarios like a tumbleweed. Mm-hmm. You know, he just kind of wanders aimlessly through. Uh, and it's I... interesting um, yes. that... He starts, you know, the tumbleweed starts by going past the Ralphs, which is where he's at. And then it ends, the tumbleweed, at the ocean. And this movie pretty much ends. They are at the ocean um, with Donnie's ashes. So I thought that that was pretty cool. I agree. 
Um, the dude is in Ralph's supermarket buying milk. Um, do you got Ralph's in Florida, Josh? No, we don't have Ralph's. Okay. Do you have a Benito's? Do you have a Benito's? I seen a Benito's and there's one in Sterling. What's it? What Benito? What? <laughs> Next what's Cali- place. All right, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the ta- so the camera goes by this taco shop called Benito's, and yeah. I wanted to find out about it. So I went on the website and I went to their About Me section, and it says the About Me section says this. It says, "I am a text block. Click e- click edit button to change this text. Lorem ipsum dolor sit amet, etc. etc." Wow! 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 I hope their fucking tacos are better than their website. <laughs> well, hopefully they are spending all their time on that. I thought it was a, a cute little bit of uh, musical action too, where the the um, the first song, of course, is "Tumbling Tumbleweeds" that's being mm-hmm. played, and then as we go into Ralph's, it switches immediately to a Muzak version of "Tumbling Tumbleweeds." Yeah on the speakers. And so if you're not familiar with Muzak, it's an American brand of background music, elevator music, lift music um, that was established in 1934. Wow. Is that, that's still going. Yeah. It's all, I always think the girl from Ipanema, John. You just I, done that, and I always think the girl yep, from Ipanema. Every time I see it, so, as soon as somebody says music, the first yeah, thing I do is. Always, do, I do. Do, 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 do. So I went into a, a place the other day, and this is this is why music is the death of culture. They were playing a music version of the theme song to Never Ending Story, which is already a fucking soft song. <laughs> So I mean, true. someone had too much time on their hands there. Wow. I mean, I assume they didn't have a lot of work to do to turn that into a Muzak version, right? Yeah. Absolutely not. Well, no, 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 no. It's fully orchestrated. It was different, and God help wow. me that I could tell. But yeah, that's the thing that happened. Uh, the dude pays with a 69 cent. Nice. Check. Um, uh, which I absolutely loved. The fact that I used to pay for for rounds of beer with a check um, a couple of days before payday all the right. time in the pub. Uh, it, it's, a, it, it's a false economy. I don't know why I was doing it. Um, first commercial checks offered by anyone other than Bank of England in the UK were from Via, Glynn and Halifax in the 1750s. And the Bank of New York began issuing checks in 1874. Long cool. Time ago. <laughs> <laughs> On the TV, we see uh, Bush Senior, boo! Uh, talking about not accepting the aggression of Iraq. Uh, Do you know what? This is weird. Just... I just googled. Just uh, obviously, I was I was running about when Bush was about and obviously about a dick. But he's, they're they're classing him as a pass. They, they class him as a, a passive president. I'm like, oh. really? Yeah, well, because I mean, it was it was Dick it was Cheney. So- well, uh, was, I suppose uh, Dick Cheney was in charge. Let's not kid. You know, because he's quite passive. That way. well, maybe that's what yeah. they meant. As he was more passive, because he was obviously letting him call, call the shots. Yeah, but I'm yeah. like, I just always so- remember he was dick. And then Dick Dick Cheney then went and also called the shots for his son as well. So it's a it was a family it was a family tradition. Have you let, seen let, the the Vice movie, Josh? I have not. Oh, it's on must, my list, but I've not seen it. Great fun. It is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I yeah. say it's great fun. It's fucking horrifying. But you know, yeah. Uh, in, but in it's much a, the same it's a comedy, way the, right? Yeah, yeah. In much the same yeah. way that the Big Short is a lot of fun. <laughs> So that's Josh Schmidt take there, listeners. <laughs> so I need to know why, as um, as the dude is wandering down the aisle, he feels the need to spend a long time smelling the half and half. I mean, he has his nose up in there for a long time. 
I don't mm. know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, actually, because milk doesn't tend to be off in the shop, does it? You would think not, and they do have yeah. dates on it. Um, but it's interesting. So if we were to assume that that Bush speech on the TV was live, yeah. then we can give this movie a date. It was okay. uh, August Sunday, August 5th, 1990, when Lebowski was in that um, Ralph's buying that milk. If it uh, if that were a live right. broadcast, the dude, he, he's he's not Lebowski. It's the dude. Um, he would he would want me to tell you that. <laughs> the dude or yeah, the dude or El Dorino. Yeah, El Dorino. If you're not into the old brevity thing, um, yeah. <laughs> and I made the mistake of googling the words Iraq War. Right. Yes. Turns out there have been 33 wars involving Iraq since 1914, when the Mesopotamian campaign began. This is the Gulf War, which ran from 1990 to 1991 and was instigated when Iraq invaded Kuwait on the 2nd of August, 1990. Uh, The countries that oppose this really make a list of the worst nations on earth. USA, UK, Saudi Arabia, France, Egypt, the UAE, Qatar and Italy. Jesus. (laughs) Luckily, they're backed up by some pretty decent countries, such as Canada, the Netherlands, Sweden, (laughs) Australia, and our brave soldiers of the Mujahideen. (laughs) They're always in all their bits. (laughs) Which I never tire of saluting our brave soldiers of the Mujahideen. Oh, man. I hope that doesn't come to bite us in the fucking arse 30 years later. (laughs) It will. (laughs) It will. (laughs) Back to the film. Uh, In his house, he's attacked by this pair of guys. Uh, you know, and and it's it's the first time we hear uh, the the line "Where's the money, Lebowski?" Which we we. But the one thing I will say is there's lots of reoccurring lines in this, which are used by yes. different people. Often, yes. often just because the dude steals it, and then somebody else nicks it off of him. It's great. Uh, it's wonderfully yeah. written. Well, um, I mean, and there's it's right throughout though. And and I'll point some of them out as I notice them. It's not just that the dude steals them. Everyone, it's going back and forth. Yeah. People who had, would have no reason to know that someone else used this yes. line, they end up using this line. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah, something else I want you to notice about this film. I've never watched a film that had so many lines of dialogue that were questions. I feel oh, like yeah. there's almost yeah. more questions in the dialogue yeah, yeah, yeah. than there are statements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am, no, I wrong? Right. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, 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 no. And even even sometimes when they're trying to answer it, it turns into a question by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, there's. I don't remember what scene it was, but there's one scene where they're just going back and forth. It, oh, it was the scene with um, the big Lebowski at the desk. Just the the question, you know, him asking a question, him asking a question. It's it's really interesting to me. Do you have a job, job <laughs> sir? Do you have a job, sir? Money. What, How what, do you get money? What day is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how you dress on a weekday. A weekday? What day is it? Um, His line here is, when he asks for the money, he puts his head down the toilet. It's down there somewhere. Just let me have another look. (laughs) It's perfect. Um, after money from his wife, Bunny. He explains, look at this place. I'm not mad. This isn't the home of a married man. Um, Dude, this uh, is is a place to look like I'm married. (laughs) And so I'm looking at what they're showing. Two toilet brushes. The toilet paper uh, empty roll on the on the receptacle, and then the toilet roll itself is on top of the, the yeah. toilet. Yeah. And the 
the back of the lid of the toilet bowl is the most oh, disgusting yeah, thing I've ever seen. It is gruesome, isn't yeah. it? It's so bad. And it's a, it's kind of like a pink Salmon kind pink. of... Yeah, right. it, it, I have been in a lot of houses where that is the kind of the... Like, I've sold a lot of old houses where the, that's the colour, but usually because it's not been done up since the 70s, you know. <laughs> pretty bad. Um, uh, but it's bogging. This, this character, Wu, pisses on the dude's rug, which starts a chain of events. They've confused him for another Lebowski. They leave, we get the titles, and uh, A Man Like Me by Bob Dylan, as some lads are playing bowling. So I've, I've got something here, though. Wu clearly does not have poor uresis, which is also called shy bladder syndrome. It's when you have trouble urinating when other people are around. Oh, okay. Depending on how serious it is, some people are not able to avoid uh, without some or total privacy. There you go. So there's a, ah, there's a fact excellent. from the film. Thank Wu does much. not have shy bladder syndrome. Exactly. I would uh, not be able to do that, by the way. Well, All right. Have you got shy bladder syndrome? I mean, I'm not going to piss in front of people in a room. Well, you on command. Gonna, I'm not going to piss on somebody's you, you, rug. You, you, you can't wheel it, woo. Wee woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Man in Me is a 1970 song by Bob Dylan. Yeah, the Man in Me's in the basement. Me in the basement. <laughs> um, it was never released as a single, but I did find, brace yourselves, boys, a reggae cover by Joe Cocker. Woofed. Great you to have a listen to that. Only imagine how bad it is. And I love Joe Cocker, me old cocker. <laughs> um, yeah, it is abs it's brutal. Uh, and it's something like it, it, it mercifully two and a half minutes long. <laughs> it's really short, thankfully. The dude and Donnie and Walter are pals, and they're talking about the rug. And the line from the dude is, of course, that rug. <laughs> Brought the room together. Tied the really room together. tied the room together. Tied the room together. Yeah. Uh, Donnie comes back from bowling, and the line is, Will you listen to the dude's story? I was bowling. Then you have no frame of reference here. You're like a child who walks into a movie halfway through. <laughs> Walter is possibly the most aggressive character I've known in any film that's not mm -hmm. a gangster movie, I think. Yeah. He's yeah. horrible. And I love it John Goodman. But even when he goes off on a tangent, he still pulls himself back in morality. I've noticed that a few times. Absolutely, he does. Yeah. So weird, though, because how is he so like strongly politically correct? Asian American, yeah. please. But then so racist the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's the whole thing of this the, the Chinaman bit here, which is oh, you know the Chinaman's not the issue. It's, oh, actually, Chinaman's not the preferred nomenclature. It's Asian American. Um, and the dude says he's not one of the men that built the railroad. Which I oh kind of Jesus! Went, I, I was into that. I was a great <laughs> line. <laughs> I want to. I want to make a notice here. Something that that uh, that I track through the whole film. Donnie's bowling shirt has E period C period where the name is going to be, and very rarely is anyone in this movie wearing a bowling shirt that has their own name on it. All right. Okay. Weirdly. Mm. Yeah, uh, the Jesus is. Does he know what? Jesus, Jesus has his Jesus. Uh, his his on there. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. Another thing I noticed at one point, um, as they're doing the setup for the the bowling alley, um, they have this this one long tracking shot where they are pulling uh, parallel across the lanes backwards, and you see the people coming in front of the camera bowling. 
and they're doing it. It's it's choreographed, and they're all yeah. bowling in sync as the pam the camera pans down the lane. And I'm calling bullshit on that. That would actually happen. I cannot bowl if there's anyone to either side of me. Yeah, I'm the same. I can't do it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Need to wait. Not. So nah, I'm, I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I think Push most people are put off. Yep. Absolutely. So you you can't piss when someone's there. You can't bowl when someone's there. Jesus. I've bro. got problems. No. I I, I'm I'm amazed <laughs> that I survive. Uh, more than 11,000 Chinese workers were reported to have built the section of rail between Sacramento, California and Promontory, Utah. The dude suggests that he could go and get the money for, for his rug from this other Lebowski. Uh, and this is where we head to see, as we're going to call him, the Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski, yeah. The Big Lebowski. Uh, um, mm-hmm. He's talking to Brand. R.I.P. By the oh. way, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, he was so really good in this. Actually, he so really good. played awkwardly enough. Yeah, uh, th- this is our concern, dude. <laughs> I think I say <laughs> almost weekly. I've managed to say it to somebody. Um, he's he's checking out this key to the city of Pasadena, uh, which is <laughs> and we learn about his little Lebowski urban achievers. Uh, this system for urban kids. Uh, mm-hmm. He basically says uh, he says, are these all? Uh, these these all these kids. Oh yes, absolutely. He's pretty. He says he's pretty cool racially, huh? And he says, "Oh yeah." <laughs> and the then line. he's and then the dude says, "Does he have room for one more?" Anyway, <laughs> 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 <went, laughs> uh... <laughs> um, we then meet him, and he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> oh, see before we go, see what, does anybody know what he was playing with? Something at the bottom. It looked like a shoe with a hole in it, but he kept playing with it. Like yeah, no, I saw that. It. So one of one of the plaques that was on the uh, on the wall, right? That he was messing with. I was trying to see that. I did notice that the that he did have an award, the Variety Clubs International Award yeah. Achiever of the Year. So the Variety Club Club was a social cl- club established in 1927. A group of eleven men involved in show business um, set this thing up. At one point in 1928, on Christmas Eve, a small baby was left on the steps of the Sheridan Square Film Theater um, with a note seeing, saying, please take care of my baby. And um, one of the men was involved with the Variety Club. And so then they started a children's charity um, to support um, children. And so that's the Variety Club. And that's what the Big Lebowski got the Achiever of the Year award from. Fantastic. Cool. And that lonely baby that nobody loved grew up to become Donnie. Richard Nixon. <laughs> there you go. And no one loved and him who, then. This is fine. Who who bowled? I also notice, of course, he's with um, Nancy Reagan in a picture and Charlton Heston. And there was another picture I couldn't tell who the other picture was. Yeah, I I didn't spot that, even though I was watching on Blu-ray. It's interesting. So we have Nancy Reagan and someone else, and then the big Lebowski in that picture, and they're sitting in front of a banner that says Forestville, Maryland. You should like the Forest reference there, Pally. Yeah. Um, Forestville, amongst other people, is the hometown of R&B singer Genuine, uh, whose birth name is... Are you, first of all, are you familiar with Genuine, the I, R&B I, singer? I'm, a, I'm aware of his work, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. His birth name, and this is why I wanted to say this fact, and you asked me what my best fact was going to be for this, it's okay. this. Yeah. Genuine's birth name is Elgin Baylor Lumpkin. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Elgin Baylor, for those of you who are not familiar with it, is a, is a famous uh, NBA star. And Lumpkin, I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> Lurleen L- Lumpkin from uh, The Simpsons. <laughs> she was the country. Oh, <laughs> uh, 
Literally. That is a that one is a lot of fun. I like that one a lot. Um, the dude wants him to pay for a new rug, and his line is: "Every time a rug is micurated uh, on in this fair city, am I expected to pay for it?" Uh, micurated means to pass urine, <laughs> which I quite liked. Um, which Wu had no problem doing. We did not. Are you employed, Mister Lebowski? I'm not Lebowski. I'm the dude, El Duderino. If you're not into the brevity thing, um, he, he says, "I'm not into blame." I don't blame anyone for the loss of my legs, which a Chinaman took from me in Korea. Yep. And yep. at that point, I just had a moment of, ah, <laughs> like it is just so perfect. Um, the dude leaves. Uh, fuck it. Uh, oh, fuck it. Yeah, that's right. Condolences. The bums lost, which I say. Your I'll revolution lost. is over, Mr. Lebowski. <laughs> the bums lost. <laughs> I want to give you my math. So uh, Lebowski said, you know, the big Lebowski says, you don't go out, um, you know, looking for a job uh, like that in the middle of a week a weekday. And the dude said, is this a, what day is this? If we're going by my calculations, then it would have been a Tuesday. If we assume that the, the Ralph's visit was on a Sunday, the bowling was on a Monday, then it's Tuesday. There you go. Gotcha. Excellent. Keeping us, keeping us straight. Yeah. I like- keep it real. Keep it real. Uh, and then a Brett- couple of re- a couple of repeated lines here that I don't re- want to forget. Um, this aggression will not stand, man. You know, he <laughs> says that repeating the the Bush thing. Yeah. And then earlier, I don't want to forget that we missed um, uh, the 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 non woo the non peer thug uh-huh. whose name I didn't get. He says to Lebowski, he says, "This is what happens when you steal from uh, Jackie Treehorn." He says, "This is yeah. what happens." Yeah. So there's that line, this is and what we happens. Get that. We get that in, in probably the, one of the better scenes of the film. Um, as he's leaving with this, 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 basically this waiter or whatever carrying his rug, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah. um, Bunny's here. She asks him to blow on her toes as she's painting them. Uh, mm. She says, I'll suck your cock for $1,000. Uh, Brant can't watch, or else he's got to pay a hundred. <laughs> like, uh, it's really good, and it's it's Philip Seymour Hoffman's kind of like laughing response, where he just yeah. goes, "Oh, we're terribly fond of her." Yeah, she's great, and she. <laughs> it's funny because Bunny says, "I can't blow that far," um, and I just want you to know it has been confirmed that in, in real life, Tara Reid actually can blow that far. Hey, hi oh. <laughs> 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 Fantastic. Um, yeah, I assume she's there with her shark nado money? Question mark. She's still making those movies. Oh, yeah. I, I... Uh, have you done at... shark nado? Have we done shark nado? No. No, no, no. That's not Oh my god. There's a lane. Oh. Come on. There <laughs> yeah. listen, I've heard the show. There is no line. I want to point out that the song underneath this is called Mucha Muchacha. Okay. And it is um, by a gentleman called Juan Garcia Esquivel. And Mucha Machacha means much girls or much women. All right. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, You say there's no line, but there's certainly a line in this next scene. Uh, Hi, all. Back at the alley, Walter's late for the bowling, uh, and he's got his ex-wife's dog. It's a Pomeranian. John, is that a Pomeranian? I didn't think it was. It didn't no. look like a, didn't you know look like a Pomeranian. 
Is that, a, is that a terrier? It's a terrier. It's absolutely it's a fucking rat. I'm, I'm looking at that going, that's, that's, that's not that's... a Pomerania. Pomeranium's like a puffy. Aye, uh, yeah, yeah, because it looked yeah. too much like one of the bloody scabby much we've got. I'm putting that down as a <laughs> fact, uh, just so you know, boys. Um, Walter screams at Smokey, who they're playing, over the line! I know. <laughs> and an argument ensues, and of course, Walter pulls a gun. I love the line, you're entering a world of pain. Um, Mark it zero, Smokey marks it zero, and they leave as the cops as the cops show, <laughs> show up. <laughs> and, and dude says, uh, he, he says, I'm calm. He says, You're not calm. You pulled a gun in there. He's calmer than you are. Calmer than you are. Oh, it's so childish. There's, isn't a, there's a couple of those where he just he's looking at uh, nobody. Uh, I can get you two. Yeah. I can get you two. <laughs> Drink, drinking my coffee. Enjoy my coffee. Uh, <laughs> I love those. That night, the dude's listening to his messages and Smokey's submitting a, an issue to the league. We get a phone call from Brant, a message from Brant, saying he wants dude to join them to discuss business. And then a message from the guy from the league who goes on for donkeys, but we don't get the whole of the thing. Yeah. The door goes and it's Marty, who we assume is his friend. Uh, mm-hmm. He's performing his dance quintet and he wants him to, to come along. But then at the end, he says, oh, and by the way, it's the 10th on Wednesday. So just put the rent under the door. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, this guy has so few friends that he's friends with one of his, his tenants. Tenants, yeah. Wow. I thought as well. That that guy gets walked over all the time. Yeah, yeah. I just... felt bad for Marty. Yeah, me too. Me too. I felt even worse for him when I saw his dance recital. <laughs> oh, yowzers. <laughs> I felt bad for his costume. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Um, I looked up the name of the guy who called from the league office. Okay. Just because, you know, I was really hurting for facts. And I think it was Mel Zellnicker. Mm-hmm. And the only other one I could find is a musician that's contributed to the movies Blood Simple, Maximum Overdrive, and King of New York. So I don't know if it's like a callback. The the Coens do love to grab names and like they put a lot of thought into names. Yeah. And so I don't yeah. know if there's a connection there. Oh, Blood Simple. Surely that's the connection, isn't it? Is Blood Simple not yeah. a Coens film? Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, there you go. There you go. That's, that's oh, connection. actually, it is because the guy who the dude is, is um, based on. Do either of you talk about Jeff Dowd at all? Nope. No. So, so the dude is based on this, this uh, movie film producer that the Coens met. While making Blood Simple, his name is Jeff Dowd, and you know he he was real into the the hippie scene. He protested with the Seattle Seven, um, and um, and yeah, and he, actually he's in this movie somewhere as an uncredited person in a in a bowling uh, scene, but I couldn't find him. Okay. But yeah, he attends conventions. He wears the costume. I mean, he embraces being the dude. The Dowd. Yeah, the Dowd indeed. The Dowd. <laughs> so, we go to the big Lebowskis. Uh, we've had terrible news. Mr. Lebowski is in seclusion in the West Wing, which I loved. <laughs> we open the big doors. It turns out Bunny's been kidnapped. Are you surprised at my tears, sir? Strong men also cry. Strong men! Also cry is a, is, <laughs> is a fantastic uh, line. Um, now, this is probably the point where I should bring up um, the other people that were considered for some of the roles. Did you get any of this, John? No, 
No, no, okay. no, because usually I go into because I, I, I knew what yeah. he is would come up with. Josh, Josh is nodding away. Uh, did you get any uh, potential Big Lebowskis? Yeah, and I have my favorite. Like okay. the other ones don't matter to me. That I have my favorite that you could probably guess, although I could not imagine it. It's 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 got to be surely it's got to be the one that they really wanted. Brando. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brando would have been great. Can you even imagine him doing this scene? I no. could not imagine him. I would love to see it, but I don't know what it would be like. Oh, it would be it would be a travesty. It would be an absolute travesty. Uh, other potentials: Robert Duvall. He passed because he didn't like the script. Anthony Hopkins passed because he had no interest in playing an American. Oh God, Anthony Hopkins. Mm, exactly. Gene oh, Hackman would have been great, but he was taking a break from movies at the time. He claims. Right. Um, second wish list included what, what you might, what we would call proper character actors: Norman Mailer, George C. Scott. I would pay money to see George C. Scott in this position. George C. Scott, um, Jerry Farwell, Gore Vidal doesn't work for me. Andy Griffith doesn't work at all. Mm. Uh, William F. Buckley and the late great Ernest Borgnine. In fact, they're all late greats. They're all dead. Uh, <laughs> Ernest Borgnine probably wouldn't Neither work for me. Wouldn't it work for me? Yeah. I, I, again, I can't understand. I can't understand even thinking that. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work. It, 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 they brought the room. They, they, they tied the room. They got a snake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this scene, the dude is wearing a shirt. It's yeah. a really cool shirt. It's a, a Japanese baseball player uh-huh. called. Um, it's a. It's an illustration, but it's got the. Um, it's supposed to be this guy, and it's got his name in. Um, Japanese characters above. It's Kaoru Beto. He's a professional Japanese professional baseball player. He played for the Osaka Tigers for two years and then for the Orions for seven years. Okay. Um, he won the first Pacific Lead MVP award and helped lead his team to victory in the first Japan World Series. Oh, wow. And it makes for a cool shirt. That's it is cool. a cool That's shirt. Really nice I like shirt. it a lot. Yeah. Um, there's there's a note requesting a million dollars. They want the dude to act as courier for the cash. Back at the alley, we see Jesus bowling to the Gypsy Kings cover of Hotel California. Such uh, a great cover. It's a fantastic. I mean, I love Hotel California anyway, mm. uh, personally. Uh, but uh, this cover is probably as good as it can Way be. up there. Yeah. Of course, it was a 1977 hit for the Eagles. Go Eagles! <laughs> uh no, obviously not go Eagles. Surely the worst football team. Um, number one in the USA and Canada. Uh, platinum in the US, Denmark and France. Uh, and Josh, I see your underpants. Uh, double platinum in the US and triple platinum in the UK. Trips. Yeah. Has also been covered by The Orb, Frank Ocean and The Killers. Oh. Uh, three, all three of those are, no, two of those artists I'm aware of. I don't know what a Frank Ocean is. Um, I'm I'm in my fifties, pal. So it ain't gonna happen here. So Walter, we we do meet Jesus here and his partner, who I assumed was named Seamus because his bowling shirt says Seamus. Seamus, we find out later his name is Liam. Liam is a is a is an Irish monk. Mother Seamus is an Irish monk. There you go. Exactly. Um, Walter tells us that Jesus did six months in Chino for exposing himself to an eight year old. Uh, Donnie, what's a pederast? <laughs> Life does not stop and start at your convenience, you miserable <laughs> piece of shit. 
It's one of the like the one of the unkindest things he says to Donny. <laughs> Do we know what a pederast is? Yeah, we've done pederast before. Oh god, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, young boys, men, isn't it? Young men, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, do you talk about? Do you have what chino is? Uh, well, no, I haven't got chino this time. It's it's a pair of trousers, right? Yeah, exactly. It's what you guys or... call knockers. <laughs> California Institution for Men, a male-only state prison located in the city of Chino, San Bernardino County, California. It's colloquially referred to as chino. Locals, however, call it Chino men's or just men's to avoid confusion with the city itself. Some famous people who have been there, Roman Polanski, your favorite. Oh, we love that piece of shit. Yeah. He was held for 90 days, a 90 day psychiatric evaluation, please. Speaking of pedestrians. And then also, exactly. And then also um, Seth Binzer, a musician sentenced for three months for attempted robbery and selling and using drugs. But he's not famous, but I love him for his nickname, which is Shifty Shellshock. <laughs> That's John's wrestling name. <laughs> so, and they, the Coens kind of have this wrong because exposing yourself, you know, public lewdness can get you six months, but the, having a minor um, involved, it's no less than eight years in prison, wow. which right. six months sounds a little a little light. So there you go. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. The dude said, dude, dude's still talking about, because the, the one thing the dude doesn't do is he, he doesn't stop what he's saying for Donnie and Walters carrying on at any point, and he just carries on. And he says, it's like Lennon said, and as he's talking through, Donnie's like, I'm the walrus. <laughs> and he keeps, he keeps offering, I'm the walrus. Walter, shut the fuck up, Donnie. V.I. Lennon. Vladimir Ilyich Ulanov. <laughs> Did you get the actual quote? Uh, no, I missed it. I was, I was writing other stuff, I think, at the time. Well, I mean, they don't give the actual quote. I mean, it's... it's but he... Uh, Lennon... In an issue of Pravda, and on April 11th, 1913, he writes something. He references a, a Latin phrase meaning who stands to gain. So when it's not immediately apparent which political or social groups, forces, or alignments advocate certain proposals, then you examine, okay, well, who stands to gain? And that's where Walter kind of rips that off from. All right. Excellent. Good stuff. At the Jesus comes over, Mia's deal, man. Liam and Mia are gonna fuck you up. And the dude's response is, of course, well, man, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've used that quote in my life. Yeah, man, well, that's just your opinion. I, All the time I'm saying this, and people have no fucking idea. I also love, pull any of your crazy shit, and I'll stick your gun up your ass and pull the trigger till it goes, click. Which I say click like click all the time, which might be a bit racist. And as he leaves, Walter says to the dude, eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> And I love that. I love that so much. The dude's at home listening to a fucking, an actual tape of listening to bowling. It's like a quarter final from a nice. year, isn't it? And he's just listening to the alley noises. Um, he opens his eyes to see more than two goons. Hired goons. Uh, one hits him and he has a dream he's flying. So these two goons are wearing matching denim outfits. Which is horribly distracting to me, even in the few <laughs> seconds that they were in the 
I mean, it was not cute. Not not as distracting as Julianne Moore's wig in this. <laughs> which yeah, is it's pretty bad, isn't it? Um, dude's given a case and a mobile phone by Brant. And when he picks Walter up, Walter has a ringer full of his dirty undies. <laughs> uh, he says, why sell for 20k when we can have the mill? And this dude's like, what do you mean, we? <laughs> The, the phone rings and the voice on the line gives them instructions to go to the Simi Valley Road. Uh, Walter's plan is to beat it out of the guy to get Bunny's whereabouts, but it turns out there's no handoff. They have to hoy the money out of the car. Now, this throw, by the way, uh, was was very interesting to me. Josh, you are waving at me. You got anything on this one? It, that throw has to be the, des- the best crossbody out of a moving car window while driving throw yes. that any human being has ever executed. It was amazing. How is it even I mean, possible? It's, it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> they couldn't get it right, so they did it in reverse. What? They couldn't get the angle right, so they did it in reverse. Filmed it in reverse. With a stunt driver driving <laughs> backwards. Fuck off. No, it's, it's, it's true. It's on the internet. It's true. <laughs> it's on the internet, Josh. It's, the it's true. It's got to be true. <laughs> yeah. I love that the whole interchange between uh, uh, the dude and Walter because um, the dude doesn't want Walter to be there and Walter's just taking control. And yeah. that's such good comedy right there. Yeah. Walter references that, that they're going to do this and then they'll take the back sheesh. You remember that term? Yeah. So bakshish is is a, a Persian word meaning char- charitable giving or tipping, but also referring to certain forms of political corruption and bribery. Oh. Interestingly enough, at least to me, that Bram Stoker uses the term bakshish twice in the in the book Dracula. I thought that was weird and interesting. Oh wow! Right. Okay. Also, I'm shocked that you totally passed by the reference to the royal we, given your background. <laughs> I did. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we. What do you mean, we? You know, it's in the royal we. Yeah, the just... royal we, also known as the majestic plural, or ro- royal uh, plural, is used, of course, by those who are much better than me, um, <laughs> much higher class than we are. Uh, a more general uh, use for a term like that is called a nowsism. So the royal we is included in this category, nowsism, as well as the editorial we. Then there's also the kindergarten we, like let's put our books up, or the hospital we, like how are we feeling today? <laughs> My response to this, to the necessity of, of needing to even have these phrases, is that we as a species are fucking doomed. <laughs> Absolutely. At the bowling, Donnie explains that they're in the next round on the Saturday. Uh, but why is that no good, Josh? <laughs> Shomer Shabbos. Shomer Shabbos. Yeah. <laughs> Shabbos, Mr. Loverman. Uh, the only thing I go is injured in a person who is uh, Shomer Shabbos or Shomer Shabbos is a person who observes the Judaism's Shabbat. It makes no sense. So basically, he's just basically he was observing a holiday. That's right. It, goes, the... it, it, it runs from dusk on Friday and ends after sunset on Saturday. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So there are 39 different um, forms of work that you are not allowed to gauge, uh, engage in that are listed in the Jewish scripture. Wow. Most of them having to do most of them have to do with planting and apparently bowling and, and, dri- and driving <laughs> a car unless it's an emergency. Yeah, exactly. And, and having a newsy. <laughs> <laughs> is he back in the car so, so in, the, in the car when he says uh, 15 miles an hour dude because <laughs> he wants to throw him at the car sorry yes I'd, I'd missed the bit where um, he rolls out the car with an Uzi the Uzi goes off and the dude crashes his car for the first time not for the last time and these three motorbikes come and grab the ringer and the line which we get a lot is fuck it dude let's go bowling <laughs> let's go bowling that's exceptional yeah. now the 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 guy at the league office did you catch his name no uh, another instance of of um our friend being racist with the nihilist no it's burkhalter at the league office and and um, Walter says, "Oh, the crowd, you know, the, the, the crowd, whatever yeah, he says." All yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, right, yeah. sorry, yeah, yeah. Obviously, Walter so that hates of course, yeah, no, I, we'll we'll talk about that later. But he doesn't hate them as much as you think. Um, Burkhalter, the the fact that I got a, a, where, where my mind would, um, went is the recurring fictional character in Hogan's Heroes. Remember Hogan's Heroes? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> General Albert Burkhalter was Clink's commanding officer and he was played by a a actor austrian actor called leon askin and leon askin as a nine-year-old boy recited a 17 stanza eulogy for emperor franz joseph oh wow in front of city hall in vienna wow oh and then he went on to play a nazi that's your fact of the episode josh about the other one i love that <laughs> that's so cool also in here, Donnie's shirt reads Austin. Yes. Austin, Texas. Austin, Austin Massachusetts. Austin, Massachusetts. Austin, Massachusetts. Austin, Massachusetts. <laughs> Austin the dude he nicked the shirt off yeah, of. absolutely. <laughs> As they're leaving the bowling, uh, they're talking about having $1 million worth of cash in the trunk. They see that the car has been stolen. Dude heads home, and we see him with the cops. Uh, he says, anything else in the car? Yeah, my t- tape deck with Credence and a briefcase with my my papers, my business papers. papers. And, what, and, and what line of business are you in? Oh, I'm unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> my rug was also stolen. And he's going, okay, the rug was in the car too. Oh, no, that was a separate incident. <laughs> he said, and the other cop, the other cop, says, uh, uh, for some reason I thought it was Ozzy Davis, but isn't. He says, I wouldn't hold out much hope for the tape deck or the credence. Or credence. Which yeah, they say all the credence good. a lot. Um, <laughs> at this point, his answer phone goes off and it's Maud Lebowski. I'm the one who took your rug. Oh, well, I guess we can close that case. <laughs> the smart cop says. <laughs> and I like that a lot. I love the the older cop as he's like sitting there fucking around with the his very clearly ashes in the yeah in the ashtray, you know, trying to sort out you know how much marijuana yeah. was there. <laughs> yeah, okay. that is character actor Richard Gant. Okay, who you you may know from Rocky Four as he played the Don King. Uh, oh, only oh, in America. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Jesus. Oh, well spotted. But he's been in everything. He's been in so many different things. Okay. She explained, Maud explains that it's her rug. 
and not the big Lebowski's to give at Maud's. This is. Um, she knows he's the courier and asks if he's. Are you interested in sex, Jeffrey? Um, she's got this really funny kind of central, you know, the Central Atlantic accent. You know, the kind of the Cary Grant kind of, you know, kind of real 40s, affected, yeah, fifties kind of movie accent. It's because at first I thought she was meant to be British, and I was like, no, she blatantly isn't. She's just, I don't know. She just sounds like that age. Uh, yeah. Now we have to talk about um there are th- I think three times in this movie if I'm remembering correctly where I'm quite certain all of the the young men exercised using the pause button at just the right time on their VCR. And one of them <laughs> is when is when we have Maud suspended oh, God, yeah. naked <laughs> going through the air and then landing and there she is in all of her glory. I, I, I didn't um, need to because I've got Boogie Nights on Blu-ray. So yeah, well, there, you, there you go. Now she says that the mod says that her art is strongly vaginal. Um, so yeah. before we uh, move on any further, do you think there's any listeners in your audience who need to who I need to explain what a vagina is? <laughs> vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a lot of them. I'll be honest. Most of our patrons, that's for is sure. It, is, is it a state in the Americas? <laughs> Did you do you do you get into it all the the video? Have you talked about that yet? Uh, Log jamming. Video? Oh, um, not not a lot. No, because she shows him. She shows him the video. All I've got is that log a, a log jam. Log jamming is when uh, logs are being sent down a river uh, and they get stuck together. Uh, that's log. That's a log jam or a log jamming. You have bunny in there, and you have. Uli in there as the the cable repairman, and then you have the third girl okay. or the second girl, third yeah. person. Yes, she yes. So one she, of the Carreras. She, yeah. There you go. You got it. Go ahead. Yeah. What do you mean That's, one of? There's, is, there's more I, than I one. I thought it was Tia Carrera because it first went out. But I remember Tia Carrera's no selling implants, but it's, it's oh I can't remember her name now. It's annoying, but I remember there was a Carrera because I always thought they, I know sounds sounds really racist, up, but you looked it up. <laughs> It's Asia Carrera. Asia Carrera, that's it. Who's who's uncredited in the movie, which I don't understand why, because she has a speaking role. So I thought if you had lines that you get credited. I don't know how that works. Uh, my mm. understanding is she has quite a few other credits in films that probably you wouldn't see at the theater. <laughs> well, I mean, I understand. I'll I'll go to John for those. Um, <laughs> so the, the, at some the, the, the point. <laughs> At some point, Maud is talking about the um, the urban achievers, and yeah. she references the children from Watts. Do you have something on that? Oh no, 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 no. Okay, so she says that that um, that there's children's children in Watts that that the Big Lebowski is mentoring or helping. Watts was founded in the late 19th century as a ranching community. Um, by the 1940s, it was transformed into a primarily working-class African-American neighborhood. Um, from the 1960s on, it developed a reputation as a low-income, high-crime area following the Watts riots and the influence of street gangs. I'm familiar with Watts because that's where Sanford and Son was set, which was one of my favorite 1980s TV shows, which, of course, was based on Steptoe and Sons. That's right. Are you dirty old men? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, fantastic. I uh, that That's the kind of shit that we crave here, isn't it? We like that kind of All stuff. Right. 
Uh, she she does say yeah she does say that he's taken the money from the little Lebowski fund and very proud of them we are too. <laughs> just the way that she I love that. Um, she wants it back before the bank realizes he's taken a mill out. Uh, she apologizes that they had to hit him earlier and gives her gives him a doctor's name. He's a good man, Jeffrey. And thorough. Uh, yeah, and again, when I think of the word thorough, I always pronounce it that way. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I, I missed the Jesus uh, calls them uh, pan, Pangero at some point. It means a stupid or a contemptible person. <laughs> there you go. Pandejo. Pangero. Pangero. He gets dropped off at home by this fantastically Italian limo driver telling him this tale of families and rashes on asses. And I love the dude's retort of, I got a fucking rash, man. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> Which was going to be so that... my other option at the start. But I thought that might turn people off the podcast. I got a fucking rash, man. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> that is Dom Herrera, a comedian um, who... Uh, he was he's very well regarded amongst co- comedians i don't know okay. that he did much otherwise but part of his story he he references the fact that his daughter married a jadrul loser so i had to look up what jadrul meant it's a dialectical form of an italian word it means fool but literally it means cucumber <laughs> what <laughs> I thought Jadrul was the bloody baddie in Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, that's that's Zool. Ah, of so. Ah, yeah, you a dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's again. It's what we got you on for, Josh. Um, as he gets out, we spot this little blue beetle. We've done beetles to fucking death, so we're not going to do it. That's been following them, and dude gets grabbed by another driver and strong-armed into the limo. Oh, that, that's just my, my, one of my favourite lines. He doesn't is drop his drink at all. I know. I'm a beverage here, man. <laughs> oh, so good. It never, never even throws a drop. <laughs> they want to know where the money is. Uh, this is our concern, dude. <laughs> dude explains he dropped the money off and also explains uh, Walter's concept of her kidnapping herself. Brant hands dude an envelope <laughs> containing a toe with green nail polish. And this is the bit that you liked, John. This is uh, Walter laughing at the coffee shop. You want a toe? I get your toe by three o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> I get your toe by three. That's brilliant. <laughs> I get your toe, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to miss that. For whatever reason, we have a callback to the dude says those guys are. We dropped off the damn money, and you know they're, they're like, "What? What do you mean we?" He says, "I, the royal <laughs> we, you the know, royal the editorial we, the royal we." <laughs> This, Man. So <laughs> this coffee shop they're in, by the way, is not a real coffee shop. It is a, just a filming location. It's called Johnny's, and it's the one out of Reservoir Dogs. Oh, cool. Right. Uh, Josh, you're American. You tip, right? I've been known to, yeah. 20%, pretty okay, pretty 20%. much across the board. Wow, fantastic. What? Uh, John, of course, being Scottish, does not. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, indeed. Indeed it is. So one of the things that, that Walter says is he's pissed off and he's like, they send us a toe like we're supposed to shit ourselves with fear. The fact is sometimes humans do defecate uh, in times of extreme fear due to the acute stress response, a.k.a. fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that your body does a lot of things to prepare itself to get the hell out of there. And apparently one of the things is losing your extra weight. And so right. your 
everything relaxes and it all lets go so that you can be more <laughs> so spelt so you can the get the hell out of should be fight or shite. <laughs> there you go. That's exceptional. Absolutely. And the lady behind the counter tells him off. She's saying, look, I'm sorry, sir, but this is, can, can, can you calm down? This is a family restaurant. Um, and he says, Congress has roundly rejected prior restraint. Um, prior restraint, listeners, uh, in 2014, the Texas Supreme Court Justice Deborah Lerman cited this very film in a legal decision on a freedom of speech case. She noted that it's common knowledge that prior restraint or censorship prior to an expression taking place has been largely rejected by the Supreme Court, this court, Texas Courts of Appeals, legal treaties, and even popular culture. Uh, a footnote attached quoted Walter Sobchak's chain claim that the Supreme Court has roundly rejected prior restraint. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying the Supreme Court isn't fucking mental, but you got you got to like it when that happens. Yeah, yeah, different definitely. people back then. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. You wouldn't get away with that now. People go the the big who. Yes, and so there, there you go. You've got Walter there. I'm finishing my coffee. Yeah. I'm staying. He's looking at nothing. Absolutely, just looking straight forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that night, the dude's in his bath, and he gets a voicemail saying the police have located his car. Uh, just then, these guys break in and start smashing sh- stuff up. Uh, we are nihilists. Yeah. We believe in nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is a private residence, man. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I googled famous nihilists, right? Okay. And obviously, all the you know ones come up. But uh, one of the most famous ones is the Joker. Apparently, the the the, the writer wrote him as a nihilist, all right. and they classed him as one of the most famous. I'm like, I don't, I don't think he's one of the most famous. Uh, famous. But he also put something in there. He called it a marmot, didn't he? It does yeah. It was a bit basically so, a, a, a large ground squirrel. Yeah. That's so interestingly enough, the co- the Coens wanted to use a marmot, but they ended up using a ferret because a marmot's too large. I was to going to say, it looked huge. It looked like a beaver yeah, yeah. when I looked at it. Yeah, no. So that was actually a ferret. And so the question is, are ferrets dangerous? Well, of course, I had to look that up and find a fact. <laughs> they can seriously hurt you if they bite or scratch you because they have sharp teeth and claws. Also, they carry ringworm and rabies, parasites, and they are unpredictable in their behavior. Could also just be an in-law. Who knows? There we go. And, and ferrets actually are illegal to own in some states and municipalities, including California. What? Turns out California doesn't know how to park. Yeah, you can, you can smoke dope, but you can't carry a weasel. <laughs> I'll take that trade. <laughs> Me too. Listen, I'm from Miami, Florida, where the the boa constrictors and the and the pythons have overrun the Everglades. Those those jokers are taking out big ass alligators. These invasive animals, it's a problem. Now I don't know that we have a problem with ferrets, but who knows? There are 15 species of marmot in Asia, Europe, and North America. Ferrets are neither marmot or aquatic. And I've actually got a colleague who owns uh, four ferrets. There you go. Oh, uh, they're is lovely, it, lovely, it, smelly. Is it the Beastmaster? <laughs> <laughs> they're lovely, smelly. Things. Uh, nihilism is the belief that all values are baseless and nothing can be known or communicated. It's often associated with extreme, extreme, extreme pessimism and a radical skepticism that condemns existence. A true nihilist would believe in nothing, have no loyalty, no purpose, 
other than an impulse to destroy. Which clearly these nihilists have. Um, well, an impulse the, to, the to bit buy. That, the, the bit that makes me laugh every time is as they're heading out the door... The one nihilist just decides to smash the shit he out of something. That one smashed, didn't he? That one. Yep, yep, yep. Always makes me listen. There's the person who enjoys their job right there. They put in the extra effort. <laughs> uh, we want the money, or tomorrow we'll come back and cut off your Johnson, which is again related back to what Maud says about uh, Johnson as a, a word for Wang. Uh, and dude goes Johnson. <laughs> like, it's great. <sighs> He says it, that all of the lines in there that are just little little throwaway lines by the Germans. Yeah, he goes, "Oh, just think about that, Lebowski. Yeah, your wiggly penis, Lebowski. Yeah, and maybe we stomp on it and smush it, Lebowski." Uh, next day, he goes to get his car. There's no briefcase, and it stinks because a vagrant has used the car as a toilet. Uh, yeah, he asks if they've got any leads. <laughs> And the cop says, Leads. oh, yeah, we're checking the crime lab. We've got four uh, more guys working shifts. And he's laughing. And it made me think uh, of that bit uh, in The Simpsons where Chief Wiggum's uh, typing up on his invisible typewriter. <laughs> At the bar in the bowling alley, Leads. he's explaining that they were nihilists. Um, and I know, Josh, you will absolutely love Walter's response here. Say what you want about the tenets of National Socialism, but at least it's an ethos. <laughs> so there you go. So we said earlier, so we're there we have Walter defending Nazism right there. Excellent. Okay. Good I'll one. <laughs> and um, we've got Donnie there drinking his orange slice, and his shirt says Jug, J-U-G. Which oh, I didn't yes, get that it does. Yeah. Um, Donnie and Walter head off to get a lane, and the dude talks with the stranger. Uh, Sam Elliott, of course, orders a sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla, gentlemen. Sioux City. Sioux City. Sioux City. Yeah. Sioux City. It's a real one, is it? I didn't look it up. Oh, well, luckily you for you, I did, yeah. So, sarsaparilla contains a wealth of plant chemicals thought to have a beneficial effect on the human body. Um, chemicals known as saponians, yeah, as if, might help reduce joint pain and skin itching and also kills bacteria. Uh, sarsaparilla is a climbing vine that grows deep in the rainforest of South America, the Caribbean, and other areas with rainforests. Sioux City sarsaparilla is the signature drink from White Rock's Sioux City line made in Wisconsin. Uh, it's also a song by Children of Bodom's Alex Leho from the Finnish Guitar Heroes compilation album. There you go. We learn something new every day. Well, you do on this podcast. Um, <laughs> He says, that's pretty good. Uh, he says, uh, do you have to use so many cuss words? And the dude says, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so, good. He gets, so good. He gets a call, and it's Maud. Uh, you've not been to the doctor yet, Jeffrey. She says, you've got to go and see him. And at her place, little baby David Thwilis is here. Oh, yeah, Tiny Jesus Christ. Little yeah. baby yep. With this fantastic scouse accent, <laughs> isn't it? Die, yeah. <laughs> um, Dude Robert Carlyle and bloody uh, Cracker, uh, wasn't he? Yeah, very much <laughs> so. Uh, dude explains he thinks Bunny was kidnapped. Um, she says, oh, I know Uli. He's a musician. I might have introduced them. I'm not entirely sure. Um, they had one album called Autobahn. Uh, I was kind of <laughs> like, that's a bit on the fucking nose, isn't it? Um, 
So it's obviously meant to be Kraftwerk because Autobahn was a Kraftwerk album released in 1974, made it to number four in the UK, five in the US, and only number seven in Germany. I assume at that point they were still listening to Umpa bands. Uh, where did it hit 11th, John? The Netherlands? Correct. There you go. Uh, the Autobahn. in there somewhere, did, didn't they? <laughs> the Autobahn is the German motorway system. There is 13,192 kilometres of Autobahn, or for our US guest, 17,000 cups. So, uh, weirdly enough, Uli Kunkel's original name was Dieter Hoff, but I think that they made a better choice with Uli Kunkel. I think so. Such a great yeah. funny name. Yeah. Uh, Maud gets a call at this point, and both her and Knox are cackling on the phone. And you see oh, another instance of the dude completely out of his element here. Like, he mm. he just doesn't... He has no idea what's going on. He is, he is a, a fucking understudy character in everybody else's life. He's the tumbleweed, dude. Yeah, He's just kind of drifting exactly through. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, he goes to see the doctor um, who asked the dude to drop his shorts. He's like, oh, no, I just got to crack on the thing. Um, on the way back home. By the way, is this was that Dr. Nick? <laughs> yeah. Do you think, Nick, do you think Dr. Um, Nick Riviera is very thorough? Nick Riviera. <laughs> yeah, 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 very thorough. Of course, he had him drop his shorts. Um, which we all know what's going to happen then. And then immediately they go to one of my favorite scenes with, that you're about to talk about. Um, but did you notice that the song, after he has this anal examination, the song, yeah. do you know what it is? Uh, yeah, Back Door. Uh, looking at my back door. Looking at my back door by Creedence. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. It is really good. It's very clever. Um, and he's really having a good time. So his prostate has been milked. You know his prostate's been milked. <laughs> Uh, looking out my back door was number one in Australia, Austria, Canada, Norway, Sweden, the US. And it was written as a song for the lead singer of Credence's three-year-old son. Very sweet indeed. Weird. If you want to, if you want some Credence stuff, uh, American rock band formed in California. Initially consisted of John Fogerty, his brother Tom Fogerty, Stu Cook. Uh, it's not Sue Cook. Uh, the, t- <laughs> the English what? TV. Cook? Stu Cook and Doug Clifford, the big red dog. Uh, these members have played together since 1959. First as the Blue Velvets and later as the Gollywogs. Good Jesus. Exactly. Uh, the word Credence referred to someone called Credence Newball, who was a friend of Tom Fogerty. Clearwater came from a TV commercial for Olympia Beer. That that scene has, for me, the biggest laugh in the movie. And I don't know why. It's cause, probably because I'm a 12-year-old. But the bit where he goes to flick the joint out of the closed window and it lands in his crotch. <laughs> and and he, he screams like that. Oh, he, he freaks out and then he tries bitch. to pour his beer on it. Yeah. Oh, God. That whole, it's yeah. just great physical comedy right there. And, and also, for me, it's the fact that he's <laughs> drinking and smoking a J while he's yeah, driving. Exactly. <laughs> That's why it's so funny. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he crashes his car again. Yeah, because uh, the Beatles following him, um, and he, he finds the seat, the homework for the kid Larry. Uh, Larry is a bad writer, by the way, which is kind of going to come into it in a moment. Uh, we're at Marty's show. Donnie, the dude, and Walter are making a plan to go and see the kid and take the money back. The kid's father is a famous TV show writer who wrote Branded, which I guess is non-union rawhide. 
Uh, it's a cowboy show starring Chuck Connors. Um, apparently, Ar- Arthur Digby Sellers wrote 156 episodes of the bulk of the series. But oddly enough, the actual series only had 48 episodes. All right. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, they arrive at the kid's house in the dude's beat-up car, and they see this brand-new Corvette, right? Oh. And I've got to point this out. It is parked across the road. <laughs> That's right. And they assume that Larry spent all the money, or spent some of the money. The housekeeper, yeah. Pilar, lets them in. The father's <laughs> in an iron lung, and I love, and a good day to you, sir! <laughs> and then he turns so to good. the other Does he still write? Oh, no, he has health issues. <laughs> Yes, Does he? problems. Does he? Fucking <laughs> hell. Uh, Larry turns up. I just want to say, sir, that we're both enormous fans <laughs> on a personal level. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. good. Branded for me on a personal level was really, you know, was a real turning point in my life. <laughs> Certainly the early work, anyway. Uh, Larry turns up and it's like, is this your homework, Larry? And he says it nine times just over and over I again. I know. The dude takes a more direct route and he goes, look, where's the money? Have you heard of Vietnam, Larry? You're killing your father, Larry. <laughs> You're killing your father. You're entering a, we're about to enter a world of pain. He uses that line again. He does. <laughs> and he says, okay, this isn't working. He heads out, grabs a tire iron from the trunk and starts smashing up the Corvette. And yeah. this is the line. You see what happens, Larry, when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Yeah, Josh, you ever seen or, this movie on TV? <laughs> yep, yeah, nope, yep. Yeah, we we're on the same okay. the same wavelength here, buddy. Please do share. So the the um the substitution they have to overdub because there are some countries that are a little bit too parochial and sensitive to have normal language, and so the overdub is: Do you see what happens, Larry, when you find a stranger in the Alps? Yeah. Apparently, it's maybe the best piece of dubbing ever. Yeah, it's very, very good. It's, good. It reminds me very much of the bit out of RoboCop. You know where the guy is in the mom and pop shop and he knocks yeah. all the cans over to get to the uh, same and he bends the thing up. Turns up and he's like, fuck you, fuck, fuck you, you, fuck you. you. Uh, and he's like, forget you, forget you. Hello. And he's like, forget yep, me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to find uh, information on how many people were still using iron lungs. Okay. And the yeah. only thing that I could find is that as as of 2017, only three people still uh, were using iron lungs. Oh, I went further back know. than that. Um, oh, okay. It was invented in uh, 1927. In 1959, 1,200 people were using them across the United States. But for 2014, that number dropped down to 39. So you must have caught the ones later. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And what? so who knows by now if any of those uh I don't know if Mr. Sellers is still around, but if any of those other three people are, are still with us. No, you'd think not. You would assume not five years old. Miserable. And, uh... Yeah, exactly. Uh just just put a fucking pillow over me, please. Um the owner yeah. of the car runs out and starts smudging. He says, uh he says, I kill your fucking car. <laughs> That's just a dude's car, which a dude's like, No man, oh no man, oh no man. <laughs> <laughs> the the joke is that this place that the while they're talking the joke is that this place is um is just off the i95 near near the in and out burger uh and it's like yeah near the in and out burger and on the way back uh donnie and, and 
Walter eating a burger, <laughs> which is a lovely a touch. But the dude's f- driving furious, and we, we've all done. With no windows, yeah. wind flood. No windshield. Yeah. No windshield. <laughs> yeah. uh, the In-N-Out Burger opened in 1948. It was California's first drive-through and the first two-way speaker to order. There are 387 In-N-Out Burger locations across America, with 267 in California. You got one local, Josh? Never. We do not. Never okay. been. It's like me and Five Guys. I'm never going to go. It's a fucking really dear burger. It really is. Yeah. Is it oh, tasty? We have a Five Guys. Is it That's tasty? We have a Five Guys right down the street yeah. there. Uh, I like you know, it. You know, the best thing about Five Guys is that or the they... chips. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, uh, the French fries. We don't get yeah. chips. Sorry, um, the fries. French fries. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> so they'll they'll put your, your fries in and your burger, and then they'll just start ladling in yeah. more fries on yeah, top yeah. of it. Oh, do yeah. they? Right, okay. Oh, my God. Does that God, make up for the fact that you're buying, what, a $15 burger? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, it, it, it does. Yes, yeah. absolutely does. Because okay. they're, they're like nine quid here, aren't they? It's crazy money. I don't think it's that expensive here. Well, no, well, I was, uh, I went with my two daughters, so we all got a burger each, and we all got a shake, and that was 50-odd quid. What? Hell, that's a that is brutal, oh, man. That's just because they're literally. Paying, oh, was it Brayhead? It wasn't the city. No. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, you're paying for them to ship the the cows over from America, then. Pretty much, yeah. We're paying for them to to send over substandard meat to the UK. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, sir. Anyway, um, I love this bit at home. The dude's nailing this piece of wood to the floor, and the amount of <laughs> nails that are just bent and wrong bent and over. don't fit is is for me. That's this, this this is a threefold gag for me because it's a really bad job. Josh is dying laughing. <laughs> it's a threefold gag. It first bit of the gag is that right. It's it looks really shitty job. The second bit of the gag is that it is the most rickety little chair I have ever seen. <sighs> and then and then they go all ends up by having the door open outwards. The other way, yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. The, the, the dude. The dude. I know the dude is blazed all the time. I get that. But he's an idiot. Like he. Again, he's he's he is he's the. He is not. This is not his story. <laughs> this this is not how he is. They've come to get him. They want him to meet Jackie Treehorn, the pornographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackie explains that he wants to make people feel in his films. He wants to keep the quality up. And I got massive Burt Reynolds in Boogie Night vibes. From yeah, this Jackie ah, interesting. Yeah, 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 interesting. He believed in the art almost, didn't he? Uh, Jackie wants so at the. Ben Gazzara, right? Ben Gazzara's the actor. Uh-huh, yep. Very, very uh, famous and, and uh, well-known actor, character actor, uh, played oftentimes amoral characters. Mm-hmm. Not the most interesting about thing about him to me. The most interesting th- thing about him to me is that he had an affair with Audrey Hepburn. All right. Wow. That. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Handsome guy. I mean, I'll give that to him. He's 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 a rugged, good looking guy. Nice, Ralph. Yeah, Mate, yeah. I'd take his Moon River. Uh no? <sighs> okay. 
That's a great fact, by the way. That's really where where I went with that. I could have said I'd eat his breakfast at Tiffany's, but yeah, <laughs> I I would, I'd well, I'd welcome him into my rose gardens of Europe. Do you remember that? Oh, there was a TV series Jesus. Audrey Hepburn did not long before she died, where she was going around the the beautiful gardens of Europe. Did I have I imagined that? Fuck, that is that is a deep pull <laughs> of a thing that may not have happened. Anyway, anyway. I love this conversation I, between Treehorn and the dude. All these little throwaway things are freaking hysterical. And I love that the dude thinks he's got the upper hand all the way through this yeah. conversation. Because Treehorn gets him a drink and then gets him another drink. And he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, this yeah, this guy isn't for me. Turns out Bunny owes him a huge debt. He leaves to take this call and you see him writing something on a notepad. He takes the top sheet and leaves. And dude does the smartest thing that he has done in the whole movie. It's really clever. You're doing the shade in the page below it, and what do we see? A man, a cock. It's It's fucking beautiful. Again, Josh is dying here, thinking about something he's watched twice this week. Oh, God. Well, it calls to mind that line, like right before, where Treehorn goes, "People forget that the brain is the biggest erogenous zone," That's and right. the dude says, "On you, maybe." It's <laughs> <laughs> a good line. Uh, Jackie comes back and agrees to give dude a ten percent finder's fee. He offers him the intel on Larry, uh, and then says, "Okay, I'll take my ten percent of five hundred thousand. I'll take my five thousand pounds, my five thousand dollars, right now." Damn, he's fucking stupid. <laughs> all the dude ever wanted was his rug. That's back. all he uh, wanted. That's all yeah. he wanted. Uh, the dude passes out. He's been drugged. Um, he has a dream about being in a bowling porn film. Yeah, with the only time you see him bowl. Oh, really? The only time you see him bowl. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Good point. Uh, Maud is a Valkyrie, uh, which uh, I've added to the bank. I'll be honest. <laughs> Or, or <laughs> that that is that is now officially in my top three um, of this particular actress's uh, favorite scenes for me that I add to my uh, my cheeky little wank bank. There's this, of course. There's Boogie Nights, uh, where yeah. Marky Mark's uh, doing doing the job, uh, and there's the scene in um, Still Alice where she's uh, forgotten who she is because she's got dementia. Well, you've got a really serious bank problem. <laughs> Let's just say, lads, I am overdrawn. Uh, I'm going to say that. Yeah. Still oh, Alice, though, by the way, is one of the best roles I've seen her in. But fucking hell, that's a film I never need to watch again. Uh, Man, Evelyn. early onset dementia is fucking heartbreaking. Okay. Um, but to cheer, just to cheer you up a little bit, the song to this, by the way, uh, just dropped yep. in parentheses to see what condition my condition is in. Condition you're by, in. Oh, uh, the new, by Kenny Rogers. Well, technically, by uh, it's Kenny Rogers on vocals. Anyway. Yep. Yep. Anyone got anything um, on this one? Just this that. Just th- that it was that it was him. The, the the band is called the First Edition. Um, uh, Kenny Rogers on lead vocals. Glenn Campbell on guitar. Glenn Campbell. Oh, yeah, really? absolutely. Yeah, he's the Wichita Super Lineman. group there. Yeah, well, absolutely. And get this, my favourite fact of the episode was produced by the phenomenal theme tune writer, Mike Post. Oh, interesting. I yeah, told yeah, you yeah. before we started recording, Josh, 
I'd have a uh, A team reference. Mike Post wrote the theme tune <laughs> to the A team: NYPD Blue, Renegade, The Rockford Files, LA Law, Quantum Leap, Magnum PI, and Hill Street Blues. Every classic in my head. Man. And of all of those, the best one, Magnum PI. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I also quite like Hill Street Blues. It's bloody. Yeah, that Hill one's, that one's good. But... Yeah. Uh... I bet the press know. The, the highest chart for this was in the Billboard chart when it got to number five. It has been covered by everyone, including Tom Jones, he asked for me, Reef, Supergrass, and Willie Nelson, which is probably the one that works the most for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the scene itself is is just an amalgamation of all the different references yes. in the film. Yeah. It is so well done. It is so fun to see. Yeah. He's he's dressed as the cable repair man, yeah. mm-hmm. and you've yeah. got uh, the the guy who is uh, cleaning the bowling shoes. Saddam, yeah. oh, so good. The whole thing is just so great. Yeah, uh, yeah it just it just it works on just oh, it's just so clever. Uh, <laughs> Do you know the little bit of inside business about the him going through the legs? Uh, yes, I do. But you tell the listeners. No, no, go ahead. Uh, so they had Owned, to film uh, them separately, didn't they? they had to film the legs separately and him separately because he was too big to get through the legs of the ladies. Oh, okay. Well, that's not oh, the bit right. of business okay. I was talking about. <laughs> because, no, there is there was a point where he was actually, for one of the angles, he was actually going through the legs. Okay. And you will see, if you watch it back, he goes under one and he gets this big smile on his face. Yes. One of the girls had put a hairy wig between their legs. <laughs> well done, huh? <laughs> Causing him to crack up, and they kept that in the movie. Oh, great. Oh, that's cool. That's I very cool. <laughs> the dream sadly then changes to a nightmare where he's being chased by the members of Autobahn with the huge scissors trying to cut off your Jansen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're, they're dressed like they are on the front of the album that Maud had shown him earlier on. Um, and then we hear the stranger... Darkness washed over the dude. Uh, darker and blacker than a steer's took us. I obviously can't read that. Uh, on a moonless prairie night, there was no bottom. <laughs> we see dude arrested running drunkenly down the highway. This chief of police says Trion claims to have had to reject him for being drunk and abusive. Man, that cop. Sorry, he's, oh, he's, he starts giving him shit. He says, oh, sorry, man, I wasn't uh, listening. He throws a mug at him, and boy, if the if it's not the fault, oh. this could have given him brain damage. That was so well done, though, because I was like, shit, that really happened. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. So how did you skip the the I hate the Eagles scene? No, no, we're coming to that. You? That's next. Is that next? Yeah, I thought no, no, it was that's, on, that's on the way yeah, back. That's on the way yeah, back. Yeah, from the way back. Uh, I do. I apologize. I apologize. John will, John will, Cut that John part will out. Fix yeah. that. John will fix that in post. Right. We'll, Cut we'll that out. Him. Giving him we'll extra work. Um, yeah, he throws the mug at him. Stay out of Malibu, deadbeat. Uh, yeah. And stay out of Riverdale. <laughs> right. uh, 33.2 miles for LA, Malibu. All right. Just double check. Nice yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, in a cab on the way home, the taxi driver uh, has the eagles on, and this is the I hate the fucking eagles, man. <laughs> the driver <laughs> so very bad. aggressively kicks him out. And my favourite bit about this is that he's this huge African American gentleman listening to the <laughs> oh, most eagles. middle of the road radio rock <laughs> that I can think of. Do you have the bit of business on on how that benefited them 
in getting movie uh, some song rights? Oh no, no, no. Okay, so T. Byrne Burnett is a very famous movie, um, a musician, movie producer, and and very well known. So he was the consultant for this movie, and he helped the Coens um, establish the ta- the dude's taste in music. So it was his decision to make the dude hate um, the, the Eagles. Eagles. And he also um, selected many of the the songs in there. Um, and he suggested that the dude um, hate the Eagles because Burnett didn't like the Eagles either. One of the band members, Glenn Fry, the Heat is on, mm-hmm. um, Smugglers Blues, you know, the the one of the Eagles. He was so annoyed at this that he angrily confronted Jeff Bridges when they met at a party. What? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also. Um, and Burnett thinks that the the Eagles were sellouts, basically, and that they kind of dis- the, their commercialism destroyed the music scene back then. But he was having a hard time securing the rights to Towns Van Zant's cover of the Rolling Stones' "Dead Flowers." That's that's later on in the film, mm-hmm. on the closing credit credits. He sent the um, he sent the movie for this former Stones manager Alan Klein to preview. And it got to the part where the dude says, I hate the fucking Eagles, man. Klein stands up. He waved the $150,000 fee and said, that's it. You can have the song. That was beautiful. <laughs> uh, don't they worth that then? <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I'm so into that. That's good. As he drives off, the taxi driver, that is. Bunny drives by in a convertible, singing Viva Las Vegas, the ZZ Top one. We've done it, John. We're not doing it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The camera pans down, and we see she has all of what? All of these, big man. All of these. Piggies. Ooh. Dude arrives back to his trash department, and Maud is there. She drops her, <laughs> she, she drops her robe. Love me. And he's like, that's my robe. <laughs> Like all, he, all he cares about is that that's his robe. And they sleep together, and she asks him about himself. Uh, he claims to be the original author of the Port Huron Statement. Uh, you know, before the compromised on the second draft. Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. It's here somewhere. Hang on. <laughs> You're gonna to have to give me time to go back I through some do. of these facts. Yeah, I got so I got so many. Sometimes I need to search. Uh, oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, there we go. Uh, June the fifth. Gusty singing me. Do a head and look crazy, man. <laughs> okay, so. June the 15th, 1962, the Port Huron Statement was written in Port Huron, Michigan, uh, at a meeting of students for a democratic society. Tom Hayden, the driving force behind the manifesto, was a student at the University of Michigan and came from a working class family. The statement reflects dissatisfaction and disillusionment many young people were feeling in the 60s. Uh, college enrollments were booming in the 60s and many students objected to the way college administrators attempted to control their personal lives. Um, we refer to the student radicals of the 60s as the new left to distinguish them from the more mainstream left of the Democratic Party. And after 1962, the student movement increasingly focused on opposition to the Vietnam War. Good on them, uh, though it built on the basic principles outlined on this manifesto. So I assume, 
Josh, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. The, the, the dude's version was really, really left. The, I, I would like to think. Or was the dude's version a bit right? I would think that since he mentions earlier that he spent most of his college uh, years breaking into the ROTC yeah. um, dorms, that he was pretty left. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially because he also says he was part of the Seattle 7, which we've mentioned already. Yep. Uh, the mm-hmm. Seattle 7 was the Liberation Front of Radical Anti-Vietnam War movement. They were charged with conspiracy to incite a riot at the wake of a violent protest at a courthouse. One of the seven was Jeff Dowd, who we've already talked about. Good work, lads. That is what that is. Good work. I don't have anything else for this scene. Cool. Um, he explains to Maud that Larry has her father's money, and she says, "Oh no, it's the foundation's money, not my father's." Uh, we did a. We we did. He, he got all his money from mother. Uh, dude returns from getting a drink, and Maud's rocking on her back with her legs up. Uh, <laughs> he does some kind of yoga. Oh no, it helps with conception. This spit take is brilliant. <laughs> um, she she wants a child but not someone that she has to have anything to do with socially <laughs> or anyone that would be even interested in raising the child which is, is the dude <laughs> worse than friend zone that isn't it? <laughs> uh, dude calls Walter and heads out to meet him oh, Walter's obviously upset because of uh, it's uh, Shabbos um, he spots the Blue Beetle with Dufino in it. John Polito is fantastic here. By the way, John, this is uh, Polito's triple crown on the show. Aye, uh, yeah, it deserves a go mug or something. <laughs> he does, R.I.P. Um, he's a P.I. He's a uh, he's a, a brother, Seamus, working for the Knutsons. <laughs> and the line is, who the fuck are the Knutsons? <laughs> uh, so I don't ever assume there's any coincidence in Coen Brothers movies. No. And so he's a brother, Seamus. And then we had... Liam earlier having the shirt that said Seamus on it. Yes. Something, something's going on there. Absolutely. Uh, and on that subject, um, the Knutsons uh, are up in um, are up in the lakes. And so you assume that there's some kind of relation between the Knutsons. Is there not a Knutsons in Fargo? I'm sure there is. Anyway. No, there is a connection. Yeah, so there's a connection. There. There's a connection. So the connection is, it's revealed that Bunny Lebowski is um, Fawn Knudsen, but originally, in the script, her real name is Fawn Gunderson, which is the same surname as Marge Gunderson, and then Moorhead is the twin city of Fargo. Oh, wow. Great work. Fantastic. Um, I'm always really happy when Marge's husband gets the, the, the two cents stamp or whatever. Because they always need that when they raise the postage. I'm always really happy when it's like the little stamp, and the way that she, the way that she says, "Oh, come on, no, that's really important." Because you always need that when they raise the when they raise the postage. And I'm like, "Oh, that's so sweet." She's so. Yeah. In fact, there aren't a lot of sweet characters in this film. There's only one. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the other the other thing he mentions he did, uh, he says he roadied for Metallica. On the Speed of Sound tour. And he goes, bunch of assholes. <laughs> there was no Speed of Sound tour. Lots of ins, lots of outs. Lots of what have you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it started to dry up a little bit, you know. The dude explains that uh, that Bunny's been kidnapped and leaves. Um, we're in a diner with the Nihilists and they're ordering pancakes. And they all but one yeah. have the same thing. Did you spot what they were eating? 
Lingonberry. Lingonberry pancakes. Yeah. Have you ever had lingonberry pancakes, Josh? Never even heard of lingonberries apart from this movie. Uh, you get it on um, in IKEA meatballs. You do get it in IKEA. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, if you ever go to IKEA, there's always that. Yeah, we were just there. Uh, the lingonberry, the partridge berry, aha! The mountain cranberry or the cowberry is a very small evergreen shrub in the Heath family uh, that bears red edible fruit. The plant is endangered in Michigan. Uh, can grow them in the UK. And a plant will cost £10 from Roots.com. Uh, Need more cowberry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just... A, a, I mean, that's a better joke than me making a Kunta Kinte joke, but okay. <laughs> Ikea sell jam syrup and sparkling appleberry and lingonberry drink. Uh, so Dude explains to Walter that the Big Lebowski hated Bunny. He wanted a dead and gave them the ringer. They threw out a ringer for a ringer. Uh, they arrive at the Big Lebowski's place and we see Bunny's car crashed into the fountain. Um, yeah. The dude approaches the Big Lebowski with, where's the money, Lebowski? Which I love. Um, the, the Big Lebowski pinned it on the dude. Walter explains that not only is he a phony millionaire, but he's also a phony in his chair. I'm not using the word. Um, oh my God, he picks him up so out funny. of his wheelchair and drops him on the floor. Uh, I, by the way... David Huddleston's kind of like little moaning and kind of complaining and, and groaning as he's on the floor is great. Some great acting. Uh, I don't yeah, feel yeah. sorry for him. Yes, yeah. Uh, yep. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, at the alley, Donnie takes his first shot of the film where it's not a strike. Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Uh, the Jesus shows up. He's angry about the date move because of Shabbos. I was going to fuck you in the ass Saturday and I'll fuck you in the ass a week on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and Walter turns and goes, he's cracking, dude. <laughs> Which is great. So this scene has one, such a small bit of business that, again, tells me how much I, or it's one of the reasons why I love these uh, Coen Brothers movies. Donnie's shirt, his bowling shirt, it's the EC shirt, so the EC initials on his chest. On his back shoulder, do you know what it says? No. Johnson. Oh, wow. Hilarious. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. No, I didn't see that. Good spot. Um, Outside, the nihilists have set fire to the dude's car. Oh, that's it. Finally, it's done. Kind of thing. <laughs> They've killed my car. Yeah, Walter explains, without a hostage, there's no deal. Um, the dude explains they need to take it up with the big Lebowski. Um, this, this is the first bit where we see Walter being anything other than a piece of shit to a very scared Donny. Uh, oh, he's protecting yeah, him, wasn't he? he? Kind of, he, he, he gets in front of him. He's like, it's okay. They're Nazis. They're cowards. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Just give give us give us what you got in your pockets. <laughs> it's like eighteen bucks. Just take. There's a line to look below. Just take the eighteen bucks, man. <laughs> um, Uli pulls a sword. Uh, Walter throws his ball and winds flee um, before biting off Uli's ear and knocking him out. Um, uh, the third guy, non-union Richard Osmond, I've called him, <laughs> runs away. I, I thought it was uh, Steve Merchant. Funny. <laughs> oh yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, Donnie has a heart attack, and we see Walter cradling him. Um, next shot is a funeral home, and the director explains that they have to pay for the urn. Uh, he says it's a receptacle. $180 is our most modestly priced receptacle. <laughs> uh, dude explains we could rent it. Walter makes a scene and asks if there's a Ralphs nearby. 
we see them the next scene, top of the cliff with a Folgers coffee can. <laughs> and, and actually, the, right, so it's such a sad moment here, but mm-hmm. I, I'm, right. I'm still so full of fucking hate for Walter here that I... I can't like I I can't think it's funny. I don't think it's funny, although I know that fight like the final payoff with the dude covered in ashes is. But he's like, nice. this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Donnie was a good bowler and a good man. He loved the idea outdoors. He died as so many young men of his generation before his time. Uh, God, you took so many bright young flowering men at Jackson and Hill thirty three six four and Donnie. Donny, who loved bowling. We commit your mortal <laughs> remains to the bosom of the ocean you loved so well. And then he sprinkles the ashes and the wind takes them and the dude gets it. The dude loses his shit and starts crying. He's like, no wonder. why do you ruin everything? Why does everything have to be about Vietnam? Uh, and Walter, of course, holds him and says, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Everything's got to be such a travesty. Aye, that's yeah. what it's isn't it? Yeah. Going travesty. Good one, To point out really quickly that the dude's shirt, um, bowling shirt, says art. Oh, right. be my, okay. yeah, my little spot. stupid yeah. thing here. All the bowling shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Hill 364, the Hill Fights, also known as the First Battle of Khe Sanh, uh, was a battle during the Vietnam War between the People's Army of Vietnam, uh, my brothers, um, the 325C Division and United States Marines on several hill masses north of the Quezon Combat Base in northwest Huan Tri province. Um, at the alley, the dude orders two oat sodas, which I liked, and I was kind of I've wrote, written down oat sodas, and then I saw him get two Miller Lights, and I was like, oh, I get it, beer. Oh, sure, that's good. good. Um, the strangers at the bar, uh, he says, take it easy, dude, and the dude says, you know, the dude abides, and it's great. It's kind of the last line. And he says, oh, the dude abides. I kind of like that. You know, it was a pretty good story, don't you think? It made me laugh to beat the band. Parts anyway. I didn't like seeing Donnie go, but then I happened to know there's a little Lebowski on the way. I guess that's the way the whole darn human comedy keeps perpetuating itself, down through the generations. Westward the wagons, across the sands of time, until we... Ah, look at me. I'm rambling again. And that's the movie. And it's great. Yeah, it's great fun. It's so good. Uh, it ends quite abruptly, though. I, it I don't does know. end that, very that, abruptly, but really I, I guess Donnie's gone, isn't it? he? So, you know. Yeah, true. But, I mean, the, a, a movie like this could only end that way. I mean, it's it's such a random, it's such yeah. a random movie right throughout. And honestly, the, and this is not a secret, the plot makes no sense. From beginning to end, there's, they don't no, give a shit no, no. about plot holes. I mean, this is clear. No. So that's no, perfect. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, Josh, as guest, have you got any more facts? Um, well, I thought it was interesting that that Jeff Bridges had to ask permission of his um, his daughters before he took the role because he was concerned that they would get some stick if their father played a pothead, and also. Sam oh, Elliott wow. was unsure about taking another role because uh, he did not want to continually be typecast as a cowboy. But he read the script and he loved it and he received some notoriety from it and got different roles and, and did. Yeah. And he also yeah, realized he only had to turn up for a day. <laughs> well, then there's that. And 
possibly stole the whole thing. He's he's really great in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That mustache, man. If I could grow a mustache like that, wow. It's something else, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Beautiful. It really beautiful. Later on in the movie, we have the dude. Uh, mixing a drink and then doing Tai Chi on his rug, which is a practice of slow, gentle movements and physical postures that induces a meditative state and um, uses controlled breathing to regulate things good about your body. But here's one that I can't believe that we skipped over. What makes a man? Remember this line? (laughs) Yeah. What makes a man? First of all, what makes a man is a song by Irish boy band Westlife. Released on 18 December 2000 in the UK and Ireland. Did very well. But the dude comments that, you know, it's the willingness to do what's necessary, that and a pair of testicles. (laughs) Now, we all know that there are some that do not have a pair of testicles. Lance Armstrong, um, Mm -hmm. the previously mentioned Adolf Hitler. Mm -hmm. That's called mono-orchidism. But if you have more than two testicles, it's called polyorchidism. There's been fewer than 200 cases reported in medical literature and six six cases in veterinary literature. Strong men also cry. Strong men also cry. Strong men also cry. (laughs) Is a beer by the Pomona Island Brewing Company. It's an IPA, an American. And on the website, Emily W., whoever the fuck she is, says it's dark, quite malty, definitely strong. It's got West Coast bitterness. Definitely a punchy one. I have some business on pagers, but we can let that one go. Oh, we've done pagers to death, Josh. We're going to let that one go. The listeners would fucking hang us by our gizzards if we did that. I noticed this is a bit of movie trivia. They're always on lane 24 at the bowling um, alley. Yes. Oh, you, you knew that. No, no, no. Good spot, oh, I'm yeah. saying. No, good spot. California, this is a, a very famous case that should have brought um, been, been brought to mind by this movie. California woman who faked her own sen- uh, kidnapping sentenced to 18 months in prison. That was just recently. <laughs> okay. Shirley Papini. That made worldwide news. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I just wanted to say this that um, the instructions from Brant were, they were very clear, one person only. And that always reminds me of that scene from Hunt for Red October. One ping only, Vashili. <laughs> Good impression, too. <laughs> yes. And then lastly, I'll end with this. I have some more, but I'll end with this one because we've been on here for, for, for fucking five hours now. <laughs> as, uh, as the dude was picking up Walter, we see Sobchak Security. Mm-hmm. which is, of course, on Malibu, I believe. I looked it up. And just so you know, it's that space right now is available for lease. You simply need to call 818-501-2212. Tell them that Josh sent you. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll cap it with that. Okay. John, any more? You've got all the rest of them, but I've got uh, a couple of easier ones. Uh, the highest score in bowling gets 300 and the uh, regulation weight is approximately, or a bowling ball is approximately 2.85 kilograms, and it's 26 centimetres in diameter. Uh, just looking through White Russian, it's weird, when I googled this, and I don't know why, but when I googled it, uh, White Russians, it just came up, White Russian endures, and I went like, does it abide as well? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the White Russian, it was a drink conceived in 1949 uh, by Gustave Topps, a Belgian barman, uh, he also created the Black Russian. Uh, but aye, that's me, buddy. That's okay. it. Okay, fantastic. 
Um, uh, other bit about uh, just dropped in, uh, written by Mickey Newbury, who also wrote American Trilogy, which is possibly my favourite Elvis song. Question mark. Uh, in spite of the Civil War context thing, obviously, uh, he was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1980 at the ripe old age of 40, which at the time he was the youngest person to be so. At 40, can you imagine being that old, gentlemen? Um, that particular <laughs> yep. song was first recorded by famous cousin fucker and drinker of his own piss, Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> uh, I don't guy. know that story. <laughs> oh, no, don't Google it. You'll end up on a list. <laughs> uh, this movie was added to the Library of Congress in 2014, along with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Rosemary's Baby and Ferris fucking Bueller. Yuck. Nice. It washed its face in domestic, making 15 million US and Canada, which is exactly what it costs to make. Uh, but of course, has made an absolute fucking fortune uh, in anything else. Uh, Greystone Manor, where the Big Lebowski lives, is where they filmed Meatloaf's I Would Do Anything for Love, but I Won't Do That. The Jesus has bulges a bag of bird seed. Uh, turns out all the birds love him, no matter how young. In the first draft, the dude was revealed as the heir to the Rubik's Cube fortune. But they got yeah. rid of it because it doesn't make a lick of sense because Esterno <laughs> Rubik is still alive today at the age of 78. Cool, cool. And that is me. Oh, one final thing, actually. The bowling alley scenes were filmed at Holly Star Lanes, Santa Monica. It opened in 1960 and closed in 2002. It has since been demolished and replaced with the Kingsley Elementary School. A movie called The Big Empty, which I've never seen, starring Favreau and Joey Lauren Adams, was also filmed there. I haven't heard of it, but I've added it to my watch list because it sounds really 90s interesting, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, and it'll let us know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Josh, as the guest, do you want to guess how many we got? Uh, I feel like I blathered on a lot. As is your want. As is my want. I wouldn't want to edit this. Oh, sorry, right. we don't edit it. My goodness. <laughs> All right. Let's let's say 93. Oh, John, do you want to go higher, baby? 150. I'm dying for my dinner. Fucking hell, John. Uh, 139, which, which is hell. a new guest nice. record. Up ye, Bam. Stig. <laughs> Stig will be disappointed of that. Josh, tell the lovely people at home where they can find you. They can find me um, anywhere where they find podcasts on the Super Familiar with the Wilsons podcast. Come enjoy us. Fantastic. Yeah, with you and your wonderful wife, Amanda, uh, and usually one of the Belsons. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because I can't get you anymore, and um, Johnny over there, he, he won't even talk to me. So <laughs> No, he, he does. It's just you don't speak Scottish. <laughs> it's the difference. That's true. Wait, wait, what's he saying, Planty? What's he, <laughs> what's he saying? saying? Indeed, <laughs> mate, indeed. Uh, right, okay, it's time to shout out the patrons, of course. Uh, Josh, you're not getting a shout out because you've just been on the episode. <laughs> But Josh, you've done enough. You've done enough uh, <laughs> shouting out. Uh, let's talk about um, the people that have got nothing to promote. We have got Phil Farish, uh, Rachel Plant, my wife, of course. Uh, we have got Gavin McGill, uh, Nigel Davis, and Emily, who are all on the um, 
are all on the Facebook page, the Facebook group we've got at the minute, which is sharing memes. Josh, I don't think you're on that, actually. Get on that. We'll share some uh, movie memes. It's a lot of fun. Mimi, get some memes uh, yeah, on there. We're all, we're all What's doing Facebook? That uh, indeed. Okay, Grandpa. Uh, uh, <laughs> you're old. You must be on Facebook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have, of course, got the fantastic boys from Modern Escapism. Uh, we've got Gadget. We've got Stig. Up your Stig. Uh, <laughs> we've got uh, the brilliant Biggie. Uh, they are brilliant. I'm hopefully going to be on that soon at some point. Um, we have got Joe from Hallmark of Greatness. By the way, John, this week for Hallmark mm-hmm. of Greatness, I'm watching that Michael Flatley spy film. Oh my god! I am so excited. Jamie I'm watching it tomorrow night. Bastard. I'm watching it tomorrow night. I'm so excited for it. Um, <laughs> we've got Paul from SP Film Viewers. Uh, we've got Maria and Ian from uh, Cult Connections Podcast. They're going to be doing The Mandalorian shortly. And we've got Aaron, Z1 Podcast, and What the Fuck Do You Want? What the Fuck Do You Want? Are you going on that yet with Punk? Oh, yeah. I've got to mess him. There's been a lot going on. But, yeah, yeah, I was actually thinking about it today. You and your Northern um, Ireland yeah, protocol. Yeah. Okay, great. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, he still hasn't got his hat. If you want to buy it, if you, if you, if you want to get shouted out every episode, give us a quid a month and we'll shout out every episode. If you want to buy a hat, give us 10 quid and we will send you a hat in the post. Uh, Josh is going to be sporting his in probably about five weeks when the post finally fucking gets to him. Uh, yeah, there yep. you go. Uh, but that is it. Josh, you are. You have been a pleasure as always. It's going to be a fucking nightmare to edit, but that's what it is. <laughs> John, you have been your usual lanky self. How are you and eat your Chinese for tea or whatever you've got? Cheers, uh, me. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's been Josh. He's been John. I've been Planty. And this has been 139 things that we learned from the big Lebowski. So give us your money in the Patreon, Lebowski. <laughs> See ya. See you guys. 